Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we're bringing you four awesome indie games news stories. Technically, it's kind of like three, but one of them's kind of about a creator and what he's doing. You know what I mean, Big Josh boy? Like, I mean, I do. We talked about it. I don't think yeah. they do, but they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's I'm I'm giving them a little tease, just a little bit of taste, so they keep mm. listening. They're like, well, what, is it, what exactly does he mean by that? And I'm like... You'll find out. That was probably the most disgusting fucking thing anybody's ever heard. (laughs) I don't like that at all. (laughs) Uh, But before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average adrift boys. How are you doing today, Big Josh boy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. I got a new wow. keyboard. It feels good. Got this like little this little wrist plush. Give us some know. clickety clacks. Come on now. I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruin anything. Like, Come on, clickety clickety clickety. Okay, I'm gonna do. Do you hear it? Very no? faint. Very faint. It's so okay. Faint. Well, it's I'm. That's well, good. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely great because I felt like my old keyboard was super loud. So at least this one might be a little bit more quiet. It's all good. They like the clicks, you know? You gotta gotta get them clickety clackies in. Really? I've always hated that. Like when no, no, people on podcasts annoying. have mechanical <laughs> keyboards. I'm like, yeah, I swear annoying. to God, touch the keyboard one more time. That's what I always I need like a good setup. It's kinda why I really need to get an arm for this microphone. Because I wanna do this uh, like have my setup on a different desk. But that desk doesn't have uh, a keyboard that's lower because, like, this one has, like, one of those little, like, pull-out, like, little trays underneath. But if I'm actually typing away and clicking away on top, I feel like it'll be super annoying and loud. I I didn't know you didn't have a mic arm. Like, mic arms are so nice. I always hated the stand that the Yeti comes with, which is the microphones we pretty much use just so anybody, if you wanted to know why my voice sounds so silky smooth, that's that's, that's how you get it. I mean, and you, like, sit away from it, I guess. There's there's other techniques you can use. Um, But, yeah, I always thought you had a mic arm for some reason. No, I don't. I mean, I really should get one, but it was one of the... So, (laughs) this is another one of those quips about me just being kind of lazy and, like, (laughs) don't want to set stuff up. So, I was just like, came out of the box, it's done. (laughs) Like, because I'm constantly moving it, you know? Oh, my God. (laughs) I am super lazy about the weirdest things. But, like, if I set this up over at my other table, I could do it where I always just use a specific computer for recording, which would be better anyway. 
But, um, you know, just my dumb uh, weird quirks. I mean, the nice thing about a mic arm is typically they have, like, uh, the the mics, they have, like, a little piece that you can attach to it you can use on multiple different mics. So even if, like, you get a new microphone and it's not mm-hmm. the Yeti, you can always, like, switch it out. I always thought that was really cool. Plus, uh, it's hands-free, dude. I just put it up to my face. I feel so good. I know. That's why I need to because I'm always, I'm always, like, kind of leaning forward when I go to talk. So I know I'm screwing up my back and we're doing this for, like, what, an hour and a half every episode? Like, definitely not good for me. <laughs> Man, dude, you're going to get like, I don't know if you can catch scoliosis, but you're about to. Mm, I don't think so, but maybe I'll be the first case. Arthritis of the back? (laughs) I don't know if that's what they would classify it, but they could probably get something of that sort. I don't know, dude. They're going to write about you in medical journals. They're going to be like podcaster's disease. Dumb bitch didn't get a mic arm, now has arthritis of the back. ticket to fame. That's how that's how I'm gonna get people to know about our podcast. It's you know it's all for the publicity of it. Man, you are I, freaking. I'm dedicated, you know. Committing to it, okay. Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm so proud of you. Just feel free to destroy your body, uh, so that we can <laughs> you know we can really get this podcast out to more people. Feel free. Thank you, thank you. That's what I'm trying to do. It's all for you guys and gals. <laughs> So, Big Josh Boy, this is about indie games. So what kind of awesome indie games are you playing? So the indie game that I'll talk about, uh, I want to talk about two. Well, technically one. You'll understand why. The first (laughs) one, (laughs) I know. The first one I want to talk about is called West of Dead. It is a game that is currently going through beta phases. Um, It's by Upstream Arcade. The best way to describe it, it is a roguelite uh, twin stick shooter um, but it's it's something where it's basically you as a character who kind of looks like this uh, this western cowboy character but your head is on fire and it's a skull because you're in uh, essentially like purgatory I don't know too much about the story because it was only the first chapter but it seemed like you were stuck in purgatory and you were trying to get your way through and there was something that happened that's causing some kind of um, closure or some kind of like there's evil people who are in the way of something you know it's very generic at this point just because I don't know anything about it but it did seem interesting um, the way it works is you're this desperado looking character you have two different weapons at any time and you have uh two different specials i guess i'll call it which could be something like uh a grenade or a um an auto attack like like a knife that you can swing at people and so those are on cooldown but then you have your guns which could be something like a shotgun you could find a pistol you could find uh, a revolver you could find uh i think it was like a poison dart gun um but like different weapons and as you're running through the halls of these areas you're constantly picking up new guns uh swapping them out because you can only hold two guns at a time you're swapping out different uh power-ups or those those specials that you have whenever you find it and as you're going through you're constantly leveling up from these power stations to either pick getting more life getting uh better cooldowns or getting just better damage it was really, really fun, actually. It is uh, very reminiscent of most roguelites where, you know, you get a randomly generated map that you're kind of running through. Um, there's enemies that are spawn in each room, but it 
definitely focuses on um, getting cover and dodging in this game. So it's you walk into a room. This is basically the same thing that happens each time, but you'll walk into a room and it's very poorly lit and you have to run up and uh, touch the lamp, basically ignite the lamp because you're just putting fire in there so that you can see the rest of the room. And when you do that, you'll be able to stun enemies for a a small window of time. But while you're in the room and there's no light and you're like running through, you might not see enemies. So they'll see you and they'll start shooting you. Or in the case that they're like these weird dog things, they'll just run up and attack you. And so if you're running into this room, you have to find cover. You have to dodge around, make sure you're shooting them before they shoot you, going to the light to ignite it and stun people. So there's a good amount of of skill involved. I think it's, uh, to be honest, on the easier side when it comes to roguelites, especially because the way the the map worked is every uh, level, at the end of the level, it would uh, full heal you. So very unlike something where you progress through the game and you have that same amount of health and you have to try over. This would carry over and you could just heal up. You could buy at the shop at the end of each level and then go to the next one. They only had two specific levels for you to play in this beta. Um, it's uh, it's also already over. It was only for like 15 days or so. They're just trialing uh, a few things out. They've already done one of these before, which I didn't know about Um but I'm glad I got in for this one because it was actually a lot of fun. I am definitely interested to see where the story goes for this because it did seem narrative driven just from the sake of when you first start, you walk into like a saloon and he, the bartender is kind of telling you that something is blocking your path and you have to go in there. And there's different parts where while you're walking in uh, different areas, like you go to the shopkeep or you go to different parts of the game your main character your uh the actual character you're playing will start talking about that person and will give like background and lore to that setting um so i am interested to see where it goes i think like i said it does veer a little bit on the easy side um which i thought was interesting from a roguelike and especially from this uh like a shooter this twin stick shooter where it's it's an isometric uh top down kind of looking thing um but at the same time it was the first two chapters i'm sure it's going to get harder um i'm sure there's going to be more unique enemies because as you were going through there was like an end boss and there was a number of creatures that came with each floor um but i definitely want to see where it goes plus i i just love the art style it's really cool it has this very weird shell uh, like i wouldn't say weird but it's it's this like cell shaded but dark very gritty look to it and the the animation to it is very smooth i really enjoyed it i will say that the twin stick shooting part of it like the actual mechanics to shoot people is a little wonky at first it took me a a couple tries to really get the hang of it um but they push using a controller with this game which i thought was interesting just because you know it's a shooter um and I, I figured it would be more, oh, I can just, like, I, I, I when doing this, I feel like it probably would have been easier with a mouse and keyboard if it was optimized for it. But after you play for a while, it does get um, very uh, familiar, I guess is the, the way to say it. And it, it became a little bit easier. I think it's also just preference because you can get a gun that might have less ammo and will shoot, you know, with small bursts as opposed to the revolvers which i enjoyed because i could just shoot a bunch of times and if i missed a few like it's not the end of the world and then i just dodge and go behind cover um i'm excited for it i i can't wait to see when it 
actually comes out and what is going to be in it. Um, the planned release date, they say, is for this spring. Um, I don't know if they're planning on doing any other betas at this time, but if they do have a beta that comes up, you should definitely check it out. Um, if not, when it comes out for this spring, I like I recommend adding it to your wish list. If any of this sounds interesting, go check out the actual art style to it because once again, that is one of my favorite parts to it. It just looks so cool. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed my time with it. How uh, how fast paced would you say the actual combat is? Because I know it has that kind of cover based mechanic. Yeah, so so that's actually one of the things that usually I wouldn't enjoy because of the fact that I'm not the kind of person who really enjoys, uh, you know, always hiding behind cover and being strategic about uh, playing FPSs in in that kind of way, or I guess shooters like. I'd rather just run around and shoot people um, as opposed to being smart about it. But it it is very easy to do. And I think the combat is a a well thought out pace because you don't technically have to use cover. It's a lot smarter, but like you could technically just take each room step by step because usually the enemies are are dispersed uh, well in a way where you can kind of pin them out one by one. So you run up, shoot one or go and uh, melee attack them, then dodge around, uh, you know, turn on one of the lights and stun someone else. And then you could either kill them or go for the person that's targeting you. Like it all depends. I also had this one uh, weapon or the special item uh, where I got a smoke gr- grenade at one point. So I just kept throwing it on one side of the room and just letting people be, you know, stuck there. And then I would just kill the rest of them and just dodge around. So like it, it is something where you can not use the cover. Um, it's not the smartest, but like the, the pace of it can be faster. Cause you do also have enemies who are running right at you. Like these dog creatures that like cover is not going to do anything for you. You have to run and just dodge when they attack. So, um, how, so I did want to ask you about kind of like the aiming your gun. Cause you said it was hard. Cause this isn't like a typical, like third person cover shooter, like mass effect or like the division or anything like that, because right. this has that like isometric viewpoint, right? Where you're yep. like kind of up into the, up into the side viewing yep, yep. your character. Yeah. So th- that was one of the things, like I was saying is it, it is very wonky at first. It feels a little off. I kept trying to like it's, you know, left stick is going to make you walk, right stick is going to make you uh, aim. And so it took me a little bit at first, I kept shooting and I felt like it was always like a millimeter off from where I was pointing. Um, But it's one of those things where it's just kind of muscle memory and you just kind of get used to it. Um, Almost, I I didn't feel like it was that hard to get familiar with it, though. Um, It didn't take that, that, you know, that long to be like, okay, this makes sense now so it's not the best when you first get it but it does get better okay i actually i really wanted to check out the beta for this game because i in a sense like accidentally came across it because i had initially saw i i saw the trailer and i was like oh that's amazing i can't believe that they're finally like putting out a beta for this game and then i went to it and realized that i had mistaken it for weird west and not west yeah that's exactly what i did "Hmm, no way you did it too (laughs) yeah dude because i was looking through like upcoming indie games and i saw this one thought it was weird west and was like oh cool they've got a beta and i like checked it out and then i realized like i did this like a week before this beta came out and i saw that it was for the other one so i installed the game and it was like there's nothing here for you to do and i was like 
fuck. <laughs> and oh then, my um, god, I literally had that exact same experience. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so I had the game installed and I just I was like, okay, well, whenever the beta comes, I'll just actually play it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I did before I built my new PC. Like, the week before I got all my parts and everything, I had downloaded the beta on my old PC, and I was, like, gonna do the same thing, but then everything came in, and I forgot to re-download it and everything. <sighs> I, I mean, Steam does that nice thing, where if you, like, have something in your library, you can set notifications to, right. like, it'll tell you if it's going to update, and it let me know that it was going to have another beta, but I totally forgot about it. But I'm, I'm glad that you're saying that it, like, it seems good and i've actually like really wanted to check it out so i i hope that they do like another small beta stint just so i can get in and see if i enjoy it because like i've said i am not good at video games so you saying that this is easier even in just the beginning hell yeah dude and i honestly (laughs) thought you were gonna make fun of me because when you were saying that you uh you're like oh that's why and i thought you were gonna say oh our you you said something along the lines of uh, like, like you had thought as... of something, and I was I thought you were gonna about to say, oh yeah, it was really easy. That's I, I thought I'd tell you about it. I thought you were gonna make fun of me and be like, yeah, you <laughs> no. fucking suck. I would never. I would never. You're you're a great gamer. Don't don't let anybody tell you differently. Just so good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> no, but I like like I said, I really had a lot of fun with it. I recommend this i know that you for those listening can't actually play it right now but like add it on your steam wish list or follow them on twitter um upstream arcade i think that's not the actual twitter so i'll look for that for later just to find out oh it's west of dead on twitter specifically okay yeah it's called west of dead game uh i'd recommend following them there because they they're uh you know actually publishing when they're doing these open betas if they're going to do another one um but yeah Two thumbs up, man. Honestly, like, while... uh, Sorry, I'll let you get to your next game after I say this, but It's Art Style, the whole time you were talking, I was trying to remember what It's Art Style reminded me of, and it reminds me of, like, the Hellboy comic books, and obviously Mm -hmm. it's not a straight, like, a straight-across comparison. They're not the same, but it looks vaguely similar to, like, a Hellboy aesthetic. So, I don't know if that sounds good for you guys, like, if that sounds good for anybody just check it out because this game does look really cool i also wonder if this is going to have that exact same issue as the outer wilds and worlds where people do exactly (laughs) what we did and they're looking for uh weird west and they accidentally get west of dead maybe yeah i don't know i they're both just like really dark and like colorful with like really popping colors so that's what threw me off yeah yeah it'll be interesting but We'll have to see. I don't know if they're coming out around the same time, but if they are, that's for sure going to be a weird thing. Because, I I mean, it confused me. (laughs) I don't know. Weird West was announced, like, uh, like really announced at the Game Awards last year. So I I don't know if it'll come out this year. Yeah, I don't think so. But we'll see. Um, But anyway, I'll go to my next one. So uh, for those who are listening, uh, you clearly know that I am a Binding of Isaac. (gasps) No I know. way. I know. I love the game. So I wrote on the docket, We every week we do this, we write down what we're playing so we know what the other is going to talk about. And I literally only wrote Binding of Isaac again, but there's a reason. Raisin? Reason. There's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason for there's bringing a, it up. There's a reason for bringing it up. So 
Uh, I literally just wrote that as a joke because I'm not going to bring up Binding of Isaac uh, other than what I just said. Uh, I don't want to talk about the game again, although it's great. Um, Y'all are bitch ass, dude. I I wanted to talk about the fact, uh, because I was playing it, but I wanted to talk about the fact that I'm playing it with the Switch grip, which is the, the Zen Grip Pro from Satisfy. Um, if you don't know what this is, it's basically, uh, if you play your switch in handheld mode all the time, like I generally do, it is awful because there's nothing to grab onto. And you're literally like trying to sink your hands into this just flimsy little, you know, square, like rectangle thing. And you're like, there's nothing to grab onto. And it hurts your hands after a while. And you did, you always need to configure it where you like put it on a pillow and kind of lean it up on like, there's so much that you have to do so that your hands don't just wreck themselves after you know a few minutes of playing the game this totally changes this i played a whole game like a whole run of binding of isaac that was like an hour long in my hands like not on top of anything like hovering in the air hands felt totally fine it was great it's like actually holding a game controller basically all it is is uh, a, a giant mold that has on the the sides of it two grips that would be basically like the like pro controller grips like the bottom parts and then you are able to just push your switch into this uh contraption that connects to it and then it can act as either a stand so it'll just stand within that because there's two pieces on the the bottom uh that it actually stands it up with so it's a better um kickstand than the actual switch kickstand but also if you just pick it up and you hold it it just makes it feel so much nicer and it actually just it makes it feel like a real controller which is great because i pretty much exclusively play my switch in handheld mode and this definitely changes the game when it comes to this because that was always my number one concern i was like my hand hurts i can't play anymore no i i feel the exact same way honestly while looking at it it looks awesome the only thing i was kind of like worried about is is it easy to slide in and out like if you put your switch at an angle are you afraid it's gonna fall out no, so when you actually put the switch in, so I feel that it is very secure when it's in there. It is a little bit of a, you have to like make sure you're holding it properly when you put it in because the the connectors on the side, they're just rubber pieces. So they're there to kind of like, they're, they're tougher rubber, but they'll move around. But they're made so that when you squish them, they'll push up against. But like there have been times when I first got it and I didn't realize like how to use it. I like almost kind of dropped it. So like you do have to be, careful when you're putting the switch inside of it but like once it's in it's good like it's it's secure oh okay that's i mean it's a very very cool grip i would recommend everybody checking this out i had like way back when when i had a vita i actually got something like this because i found the vita kind of it didn't hurt my hands but i was always afraid i was gonna drop it because i didn't have a really good grip on it yeah and Honestly, if I played my Nintendo Switch more, I would probably pick up something like this because I just, I like the feel of being able to really hold on to my yeah. controller with like actual grip. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's it's so much different. It was one of the things where like, I got this as a gift for someone. Not this specific one. That would be pretty shitty of me if I just stole <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but I got this as a gift because I heard it was good. And uh, a buddy of mine had just gotten a Switch. And I was like, oh, here's like a good Christmas present. I've heard like good things about it. And so he ended up using it. And he's like, oh, it's really good. And I was like, oh, maybe I should actually get it. Then. <laughs> like, so I tried it. And like, 
instantly loved it. It is like a little bit weirder because it, it obviously makes the holding the switch a little bit wider because it's, you know, it's putting that extra girth to it. Um, but like it takes a little bit to get used to, but it just feels so much more comfortable. How much did it cost? So um, it only costs about 30 bucks right now on the actual website. It's for $25. I don't know if they're shipping because I actually got it through Amazon because um, I think it was just the same price and it was free shipping on Amazon when I got it. Um, I've actually had it for like uh, about a month now, but I haven't even used it. I just got it because I knew it would help my wife who's been playing Animal Crossing. So I was like, here, this will make it easier for you. And then I decided to actually try it out and I was like, this is great. (laughs) I wish I had this earlier. That's pretty awesome. I'll have to, I mean, if I start playing my Switch more, I'll I'll have to check that out because it seems like a pretty sweet accessory. Yeah. Um, For me, I would like to talk about a game that I believe I talked a little bit about last week that I had wanted to play this. And I was checking it out on Steam a bunch and added it to my wish list like the over 200 other games that are on my wish list because I don't want to pay full price for a game and I love that it just lets you know when it goes on sale mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I ended up like deciding I I this weekend I really wanted to play a game and I was like I don't know if I want to spend like $20 on a game right now I just built this PC I bought my new keyboard my new mouse and everything so I was kind of like hesitant about doing any of it and then I remembered that Xbox Game Pass PC is a thing and yeah, yeah and of course the the key the like free uh, month that I got when I bought my AMD uh, processor mm-hmm. it was it was too old it, it had expired it it expired literally like the day before I built my PC. So I was like, <laughs> Not cool. that kind of, yeah, that kind of blows, but whatever. It wasn't a big deal. And especially because it's only like $5. Uh-huh. So I was like, hell yeah. I go on there. I get all set up with game pass PC. And honestly, it's fantastic. I love the service while looking through their library. I mean, it, it of course sucks that they'll like take things on and off. Um, well, I mean, bring it on is awesome, but like them taking things off kind of blows at times, but I totally understand why they do something like that. Yeah. The only thing I'm even somewhat worried about with that is like, so I'm playing lonely mountains downhill, by the way, I don't even think I've said that yet. It's uh <laughs> lonely mountains downhill by Megagon industries. Um, I'm I'm playing that on Xbox Game Pass. If they end up taking it off, um, my saves and everything, they don't transfer to if I want to buy it on Steam, right? I'd have to buy it mm. through the Xbox app, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, no, it, you, at least to my knowledge, there wouldn't be a way to easily just merge your data to Steam unless it was something where the game was made with like a cloud save system that was a different uh, storage than either the Microsoft servers or like the Steam servers. Like if they had their own dedicated thing, like, you know, something like a Fortnite, like that would work. Yeah. But like yeah. that's far in between like many of the, the game companies that you're going to find. So I would assume that no, you would have to either buy it on Xbox or just start again on Steam. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, I honestly really love this game, so I wouldn't mind, like, if they took it off, I wouldn't mind buying it on Steam. Um, But I'm kind of like, are you hesitant to buy games through the, like, the Xbox browser? 
<laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where like uh it's you want all your games in one place in one like place it is just store? yeah it is just like the epic game store concern of mine i don't want to buy anything in that specific shop same thing with the microsoft shop like microsoft that they get my money through game pass that's all otherwise everything else goes to steam okay i gotta be honest okay everybody i'm gonna step down off my soapbox yeah, it's total bullshit that there's multiple marketplaces. It's really <laughs> annoying. Now that like Welcome I'm, to the club, baby. Now that I'm on PC, I mean I totally get it. I'm not I'm not mad about it or anything, but it makes me so hesitant to play games. Like now that I know that that's a thing, I'm like, oh I really want to play Pillars of Eternity on Xbox Game Pass, but mm-hmm. if I do then if they take it off, I don't want to buy it on there because it's got Steam cards. So I want to <laughs> play it on Steam. You're such a fool. <laughs> I mean, well, so one of the things that's great about, you know, Xbox Game Pass is that you get to try these things. Like, you could also do it a different way where you play it for a couple hours and you're like, yeah, this is worth my time. I'll actually buy it. Or you find out, no, it's not. And then you easily just, you know, spent your monthly, uh, you know, Xbox Game Pass fee but got to try it out and not actually spend 60 50 dollars whatever it is yeah that's that's basically how i'm thinking i'm gonna treat it is like it's kind of like a demo service like i pay five bucks to play a bunch of demos for the most part and then if they take it off then i know it's it's worth it the only thing is is like i i'm totally willing to play a game like lonely mountains downhill when it's just this like this kind of like arcadey and relaxing game that i can just hop in and hop out yeah but so what is it, the game have we talked about the game yet oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it in just one sec sorry <laughs> moving to pc is kind of a thing um but like i I don't want to play these really heavy RPGs like yeah. Pillars of Eternity because I know for a fact I wouldn't want to go back through all of it. Like right. however you far. You just gotta I get do it quick it. enough. I mean, I'm probably gonna play the Final Fantasy IX game that comes to Xbox Game Pass because now that I'm on my you know Final Fantasy kick after uh, the Seven remake, I might as well. But it's just like if you want to go back into games, I generally don't. That's why it's fine for me. Like, I think it's perfect for people who are just, like, one and done. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Um, but, okay, so let's actually talk about the game, since right. I've been talking about Xbox Game Pass on PC for a while. Um, so, Lonely Mountains Downhill is this kind of, like, uh, I don't want to say cutesy, but it's not realistic um, kind of, like, downhill mountain biking simulator where yeah. you play cubey. this... Yeah, yeah, it's, like, almost voxel-like art, but it's not as, like, angular as something like voxel art. Um, mm-hmm. If you if anybody's, like, seen that stuff, it's, it's very, like, uh, it's got a weird art style that I don't know how to explain it. I'm just going to say it's, like, voxel. Um, <laughs> so, I honestly, I, I love this game. It's so much fun to me. I can just hop in, I hop out, I play a little bit. If I want to be done, I can just be done because it's all based on trails that pretty much just take like, I would say like five minutes to get down and then after the trail is done I don't have to worry about it but the thing that's so much fun about this game is that 
while you're going down these trails, it seems like it would be a straightforward thing. Like you're like, oh yeah, it's a mountain biking thing. There's one trail down the mountain, but you find out that there are actually multiple different trails that that come off of yours. So it's like you're constantly finding shortcuts and mm-hmm. trying to to actually find shortcuts because after you do your first run through of the mountain, you can actually or of this trail on the mountain, you go back and you do this trail again. But then it actually has challenges, Uh, some being like uh, completed under a certain time limit or completed without getting a certain amount of crashes because I crash all the time. There's like, I get it. There are rocks and trees on mountains, but damn, there are so many rocks and trees. It's fucking (laughs) ridiculous. And it's like, okay, I'm not like, I'm not being that guy who's like, the fucking too much water in Pokemon, but like, <laughs> I'm. It's like, it's so easy to crash. You barely have to touch a rock. Literally, yeah, watching, just like a little nudge, and you fucking die. <laughs> I'm watching uh, some gameplay of it. It looks pretty ridiculous, but it, it definitely is. seems like it's easy to to screw up in this game. Oh, it absolutely is. You'll just like, especially because the camera angles at times can be really weird and obscure the path ahead of you, but they seemingly do that on purpose so that you'll kind of like memorize certain pathways. And they actually like at, at some points in time, you'll try to look forward in the path, but it's kind of fogged over. Mm-hmm. Like you can see just barely ahead of you and or from certain angles, you can only see just barely ahead of you. And you're like going down, you're, you're going super quick. And then there's just a fucking rock like in the middle (laughs) and you can't like if you try to stop it's very i mean i don't want to say it's realistic but when you try to stop you don't just stop immediately you slowly like you come to a stop but you kind of use that as a drift as well so it takes a little while to stop so i've run in to so many rocks or the same rocks like 25 (laughs) times because i just go too fast and I end up plowing into this rock because I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I'm going to go on the outside of this turn. I go on the outside of the turn, click my brake a little bit too hard, and then just run right into the fucking rock. Just <laughs> right into it. And, like, the crashing is actually one of my favorite parts of this game because of how funny it is. Like, it's got these, like, you don't follow your person as they crash or anything like that. It's not like wasted in GTA where like you, you see them like in slow motion flying through the air and it's like wasted instead. Like right when you crash, it's just like you're fucking dead. Click a, and you can get back on your bike and start off from the last checkpoint. But watching my guy crash is so funny especially because there are little sounds like there are no sounds in this game other than like the wind um like a babbling brook if there's water around and at times like birds but very quietly so it's very like quiet and serene and then there's me like bombing down this mountain hit a rock and then my guy's like ah <laughs> <laughs> It is just so funny. It's like, I I don't know if you've seen Hot Rod, but it's essentially like the scene in Hot Rod where he's doing his like punch dancing and then eats shit and falls all the way down a mountain. (laughs) That's exactly what it feels like. And it's like, even if I'm so angry that I keep running into a rock over and over and over again, it's so funny. Every (laughs) time I hit it, I find myself like angry for a minute and then I'm like... Like, it's just hilarious. 
I love it so much. And it it's so nice that there's like so little sound in the game, like so little to distract you from just focusing on getting around these like very tight corners and everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I love so much about this game. It's so much fun. There are a few things that I find like, uh, I, I would say somewhat annoying. Like the fact that you cannot actually set records on your first run down a mountain. Mm. So if like, uh, you, Okay, so I forgot to mention the challenges actually unlock certain things for you. So mm-hmm. like um a certain challenge like it'll be like uh get to the finish line under a certain amount of time. And if you can do that under that certain amount of time, you get a gear and you then gain gears and spend them on new bikes that have different stats that can go like faster they can drift harder they have better shock absorption so if you take like bumps too hard you don't just fucking die which (laughs) i have absolutely done before i've hit like it's not even hitting a rock i've gone over a rock that i swear is an inch high and then hit the ground and died somehow and i'm like i don't understand how that's realistically feasible man gravity is tough yeah it's like I I don't get it. It's so crazy at times. But you get these gears and everything. But the most the thing that's the most annoying is you can have an amazing run your first time down these mountains. But it's like this game expects you to not. So instead, like you can't set any times at checkpoints. You can't like if you make it down the mountain under the amount of time that would be used for a challenge, it doesn't count. You have to do it again while you're coming down the mountain a second time and i i can't i don't know if i can verify this um well i haven't verified this i know i can verify it but i haven't is i don't think that like let's say there are two challenges that are vaguely similar because they follow kind of like they have tier systems so it's Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. um this is like a beginner's challenge and then an expert challenge i believe you actually have to beat the beginner's challenge before you can unlock the expert challenge at a time at sometimes this might like like i said i haven't verified this so that might be wrong um but i've noticed that sometimes it seems like i'm beating it by like a large margin so it's like uh beat it under like two minutes and 45 seconds and then i come in at like two minutes and it's like okay you got it you got one gear and then i swear i noticed that the next challenge is to beat it in and like two minutes and i'm like didn't i already do that <laughs> damn yeah i don't know yeah, it's it's just so weird. Like that's kind of annoying. And then the there's kind of a lack of customization. It's just small colors and stuff like that. Like I kind of wish cuz it gives you outfits, but the hmm. outfits as far as I've seen are just different colors for the gear that you're already wearing. But uh. if they gave you like accessories and stuff like that, I think that would be really cool and I would like that a lot cuz it gives you just like that added bit of customization to kind of make that that like uh, that freaking mountain biking aficionado just your own like you're mm-hmm. like yeah this is me other than your hair color and what kind of helmet you want to choose but right. um i honestly find it so much fun and i believe it sells typically for like 20 dollars, even if you're not playing on game pass which like i said it's just on game pass so if you have it on pc um you can just install it and start playing and it's so much fun but <laughs> otherwise i think it's like uh, 15 to $20, and I think it's yeah, well it's worth the amount Steam. of money. 
But yeah, there you go. I think it's well worth the money. Plus, I think it has Steam cards. So, <laughs> I mean, it does look pretty fun, actually. I'm not going to lie. It seems like something I could probably get into. Yeah, and it's just like I, I love how fast-paced it is because, like, I've I've gone down the mountain, like, really quickly. I've hopped on to just go down a trail, and then after I was done, I was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I just hop off. Like, it's not something that you have to invest a massive amount of time into to, like, mm-hmm. master anything. There are only a couple of controls. There's, like, go forward, break, and then, like, you can use a sprint, which just makes you speed up. That's basically it. Other than that, you just have to control your direction. So it's not like a 100-hour RPG where if you come back to it in two years, you're not going to remember where you are or anything like that. It's right. very easy. It's very drop-in, drop-out. You don't have to commit a lot of time to it. It's just kind of pure fun. Like, I just hop into it. I play a bit. It gets my mind off things. And then I watch ranma one half or whatever on hulu like it it doesn't even matter <laughs> i could just pop in and play a little bit if i want to yeah yeah that's great then yeah everybody needs games like that yeah yeah uh, there's also like one thing that's kind of weird is that you can i love it but it's also kind of weird is that you can see other trails as you're coming down the mountain so it adds a bit of continuity to the game to where mm. you're just like oh okay like that's i i just did that trail but also at times that'll throw me off because i'm like oh is that a shortcut and i'm like it's not that's the other trail like it's not <laughs> at all i can't go there yeah i've tried to like go accidentally go back up a trail on accident like a different trail and i'm like nope just wasted a lot of time so i just killed myself and then restarted from the checkpoint and checkpoints are fairly generous so like if you will find yourself crashing a lot there are quite a few checkpoints like typically down mountains at times they're like they're kind of like a few less than it seems like there should be but um i really enjoy it it's it's a lot of fun it's a good game good stuff Speaking of good stuff, Big Josh Boy, let's hop in to our main news segment of the podcast. Uh, Like I said, we've got four news stories for you. This first one is over on IGN, written by Matt Perslow, and it is Streets of Rage 4 has no online multiplayer if bought from GOG.com and is still full price. Now, if that's not a wordy fucking title, I don't know what is, okay? But, once again, you know exactly what this article is all about. Yeah, I love that, like, just seeing this headline means that I, like, I got all the you information just from that headline. Thing. It's just, that's what it yeah. is. You're like, okay, like, that's cool. <laughs> um, but, of course, we're going to read through it anyway. Doesn't matter. Uh, PC copies of Streets of Rage 4 purchased from GOG.com do not support online multiplayer despite being priced the same as a Steam version that does not feature on, or that does feature online capabilities. The GOG store page from Streets of Rage Streets of Rage 4 has a disclaimer stating, please note that at this time, the DRM-free version supports local co-op only with up to four players. The two-player online mode is not available. And this all kind of stems from an interaction with they had with somebody on Twitter who was wondering if they had kind of like this uh, this cross-play feature because he was worried that if he bought it on GOG.com, couldn't play with like his friends on Steam. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly true because it has no online. So you don't even have to worry about cross-play, I guess. Um, 
While that note claims that uh, there is no online mode at this time, a sweet or a sweet what a tweet a sweet. from the developer LizardCube suggests that online won't be coming to the GOG version of the game. Unfortunately, the GOG version of the game won't be supporting online features. The studio said in response to a fan asking about crossplay with Steam users. Both the st- both what 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 am I even Oof. saying? Reading is tough. My boss. I both the Steam and GOG versions of the game are priced at $27.99, currently with a 10% discount. But the Steam version allows players to team up online for PvP battle mode fights or co-op play. Multiplayer is available in the GOG version, but only locally. Um, and it says they reached out to the developer for f- clarification. Um, but seemingly they either haven't gotten any or the clarification is obvious because they said it's not going to get online features so how do you feel about this like me just kind of coming into this um i honestly don't know much about drm free games so like how what do you think about it i mean so from a drm standpoint i mean it's just to have it so you're not you know specifically tied to a client um I think the reason why is probably just because they're using Steam's online servers and just like they didn't want to do the extra work that it would take to to make this something that they would have to host otherwise. Um, I think that makes sense because, you know, they want to utilize other resources as opposed to creating things that are already out there for them. Um, but it, it is kind of the risk you run when you're doing something without a client. Um from from that standpoint, though, I think it does make uh, like there is an argument to make that it shouldn't be that full price because they're you know why should someone who's buying it in that mode and they don't have a number of features in the game have to pay the same exact amount as someone who on Steam or anywhere else is getting all of those features for the same price? Like it's definitely not fair. I understand that they are you know, advertising that like, Hey, it's not a part of it, but it does suck that they didn't just, you know, take a couple of dollars off from that version and say like, Hey, this is the single player only mode. Like this is, this is what you get. Like, this is why we took off some amount of money, whatever that might be. And I get that that's harder to justify from like a publishing studio and things like that, but like, it's kind of the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Like I, I imagine it would be hard to, like, make that copy of the game cheaper for the most part. Um, But, Mm. yeah, it is, like, it is kind of weird. Not, like, the the disclaimer is nice because they're being straightforward about it. But it's just so weird to, like, one, not include that. Which I get why now that you explain it. I'm kind of wondering how it works on Xbox Game Pass on PC. If they're, like, also doing a similar thing. And I wonder if they have cross-play with Steam users through that. Um, I I have no idea. That's something that's actually really interesting to me anyway. Because I don't pay for Xbox Live. So I don't know if I can play it. Like, that's the weird thing. One of the, the biggest reasons that I jumped from, and this is going to be a weird tangent, but one of the biggest reasons that I jumped to PC gaming is because I was tired of having to pay like a $50, $60 fee every year of the PlayStation service or the Xbox service saying like, hey, you need to give us money to play things online, even though I'm already paying for internet. Like, I, I, it seemed silly to me. 
whereas when you go online for PC games, you just, you are online. Like that's just how it works. Cause you have internet, you're online. But I don't know how that works for like Xbox Game Pass PC. Do I have to have Xbox Live to play these games multiplayer? I was actually kind of wondering that too because they offer you to get like uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which offers Xbox Live. So I think you do have to pay for it. I would assume. Um, It's honestly one of the reasons why I haven't picked up Streets of Rage 4 yet because like I have Game uh, Game Pass PC, but I wouldn't play this on myself, like on my own. So if there's not a way for me to play online without buying Xbox Live, then I wouldn't play it. Yeah, it's kind of like, what's the point of like spending the time to download it if what you're looking for you can't do without paying more anyway? Yeah, kind of. But anyway, back to the actual like article at hand. Um, I still think it's just, it, it sucks for those who really wanted to play it but didn't want to have an actual client attached to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if, like, these people also, though, kind of see it as, like, the... uh, And this sounds bad, of course, but it's kind of, like, the price you pay if you want a DRM-free game. Because I... From what I understand, there are, like, possibly lack of services that you'd get if you, like, do that, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of, because, like, there's a lot of things built into... Like, and that goes into like why you pay for certain services. Like you pay for something like an Xbox Live because they're doing that to host the actual servers that you play on. Like I understand it. And it's the same reason of like why some of that money will go into that based on the system that you're in. But when you're playing DRM free, you're not attached to anything. So I think it does make sense. And I'm sure that that is kind of a a nature that might be a bigger thing than I even know about. I generally don't play a lot of DRM free games um, because like I said, I just keep everything in steam. Um, But yeah, it's kind of the risk you take with getting a game that isn't attached to anything that might already have those services built in because like think of it from a developer standpoint like especially for indies like you definitely want to repurpose things that others have already created like why reinvent the wheel right why create uh, a, a bunch of assets or a bunch of you know already made things that just work if you attach it to steam yeah, yeah, you kind of just like utilize all the resources you have yeah. at hand. Yeah, cuz you need to. Cuz you can't you can't spend cuz any time you're spending on that is time you're not spending on the game itself. Yeah, that's very true. Um speaking of time you're not spending on a game. <laughs> let's talk about our next news story. It is also on IGN. Also written by Matt Perslow. Dude, this guy's getting the work mm-hmm. in. He's, he's uh, like he's on. I'm at home. I'm shelter in place, you know, and it's time to to write about some video games. So no pants, I appreciate let's dance. it. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> um, this is Darkborn canceled as developer moves on to new project. Stockholm-based indie studio The Outsiders has halted development on its debut game Darkborn and move on to a new project that uh, it will reveal very very soon. I'm. The developer announced this situation via a statement posted to Twitter. Last April, we released a gameplay trailer for Darkborn, knowing that it might be our final release. It said, in in spite of our best efforts to continue, ultimately we had to make the difficult decision to halt development on the project. So I'm also kind of wondering about this. Like, I'm going to read this whole statement. But also, does that mean that, like, when they released that gameplay trailer, the kind of, like, reception to it 
was like depending on its reception is when they were going to drop it because you'd assume that the way that like that they dropped this a while ago they just didn't say anything about it yeah i mean i i assume that would be the case it seems weird to just like this this whole story seems super strange because of how long they were in development for with this game to then just all of a sudden you know no real news or reason before this to just be like doing something different just just not working out you know like it seems awfully unique that they would jump ship to something different at this time yeah i i really just i want to know why exactly because they didn't really say they just said they're basically like they're abandoning this game um it's seemingly like people think that they might come back to it later that it's just put on hold because i have seen like uh this article says canceled but i have seen other people's write-ups that say like put on hold right um so i'm wondering if they'll ever come back to this but maybe like and this is kind of ominous, but maybe the studio is kind of hurting for cash and they realize that making Darkborn is going to take longer. So they wanted to get a smaller game out right now to, to kind of like possibly get that influx of cash that they can then use to continue like going on. I don't right. really know. That's that's just me it, speculating. Yeah, and I'm sure it is something to that nature. They do in their actual like write-up, their tweet, they say... Um, in spite of our best efforts to continue, ultimately we had to make the difficult decision to halt development on the project. So they do, you know, leave it open to interpretation that like they even say, perhaps one day we will return to it, but it's not anything for sure. So that definitely could be one of the routes they take is they just, they need funding to continue and they needed to work on something small, but like how small could this be where you just all of a sudden up and change it when you've been working on something for four years already? Like, that's i don't know that just feels like putting yourself more into like digging the hole deeper at that point like why not just figure a way to finish that game uh, you know or shorten that game and then find a way to release it to keep that cash flow going so like it's very weird to me the only thing like when i saw this i originally thought that you know that the xbox um uh whatever i can't even think of the name but like the summer game fest thing where xbox is doing a reveal uh i think it's tomorrow um of a bunch of potentially games and talking about the new xbox console like maybe it's something where they got picked up by xbox or maybe they're working with a team from them because that's why they're saying like very very soon i don't know that was my first kind of like hmm, maybe so that they could get money like maybe they signed a deal where they would get like you're saying that instant cash flow to help out with a different project and then come back i i don't know yeah that is kind of an interesting thing you bring up is like maybe they say very very soon because they are in cahoots with xbox right like I don't want to say that they necessarily like the studio got purchased by Microsoft. Because I don't think. I, think, I don't think because so either. I think, yeah, I think that that press like thing you're talking about is mainly for third party like developers. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, okay. that's why a bunch of people think you're not going to see Halo Infinite in it. Right. But right. yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see how exactly this goes. Before you brought that up, I thought this kind of vaguely had tinges of like a bosky studios thing where like bosky had lawbreakers that they worked on for a really long time but it wasn't making enough money Mm -hmm. and they couldn't really keep afloat with that game so instead they like 
pushed out radical heights really quickly yeah. as a battle royale game to to kind of like that was like their last hurrah they needed that hail mary pass to complete and it didn't and they ended up folding because of that like right. this reminded me of that but now that you bring up yeah maybe they are working with uh like with microsoft i guess we'll probably like if that is true we will probably update this story next week but Mm -hmm. ultimately i think it kind of blows that this game is put on hold because it's really cool like you get to you got to play this like uh this kind of like baby like creature for the most part like a baby it's pretty creepy yeah (laughs) i kind of i think it's interesting but i kind of hate it like it looks so creepy yeah it looks so creepy it it looks terrifying but it's also so interesting because we rarely get to see the point of view of the monsters instead we would like be playing the other side of like the vikings wiping out a nest of monsters and in this game you're a monster whose nest was wiped out and you're trying to like slowly build yourself up and grow stronger so that you can eventually kill the ones who killed your parents so it's like uh like a classic twist on like these old stories um it's like a weird twist on the hero's journey where you're actually a monster instead so i think this is really cool plus it was being worked on by like uh like former dice and play dead developers Mm -hmm. so like honestly this seemed like it was gonna have a lot of potential and i hope they do come back to it but i'm excited to see with yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the studio actually like is doing. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I really I'm not too sure. I'm I'm hoping it's more they're doing some weird kind of cosign with something for Xbox as opposed to them just trying to do something like, you know, oh, here's a battle royale so we can make some money just because you know that's uh, one it puts a sour taste in the fans who are like really die hard you know excited about this game but two it's also it's a hail mary like you said like there is a good chance that it could just be a flop and then they're sol yeah that's absolutely true uh speaking of flops this next story is not about one also over <laughs> you know you did really well with the first one that i mean that transition not so much you get one good every episode it was like kind of there you know at least i'm trying right because most of the time i'm just like next one and <laughs> on to the next <laughs> um this one actually written by tom marks it's also on ign it is tapeworm a binding of isaac creators newest game fully funded in four minutes now just to let you guys know this is the story that we were talking about that is not actually about an indie game it is instead about the creator of an indie game of course being edmund mcmillan i really want to talk about him though because this guy is making moves and it's fucking weird <laughs> But uh, it's always weird tape- with them. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Tapeworm, the latest game from Binding of Isaac creator Edmund McMillan, launched its Kickstarter campaign early Tuesday, only to immediately reach its funding goal in just four minutes. Nuts. After hitting its twenty-five thousand target, Tapeworm continued to climb far past its current or far past it currently sitting at. And they said at the time of this writing, it was three hundred twenty-five thousand. I checked earlier, and I think it was closer to or over. It's almost six hundred thousand right now. It's five ninety yeah there you go it's freaking crazy uh this isn't the first time mcmillan has found 
uh, success on Kickstarter either, with the Binding of Isaac Four Souls card game raising $2.65 million in late 2018. Mm-hmm. While not related to McMillian... McMillian? <laughs> He's making McMillions right now. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, while not related to McMillan's past games in any way, Tapeworm uh, follows the Four Souls footsteps as a multiplayer card game with his signature strange and surprisingly gross style. Yep. In it, players take turns playing, uh, or yeah, playing and connecting cards to create as long of a worm as they can, which can be manipulated by special effects or even cut off entirely in its kickstarter video mcmillan said he originally came up with the idea for tapeworm nine years ago with the focus being on making a card game where spacing and positioning of cards is really or cards really mattered Uh, he also explained that he wanted it to be as simple as uno but a good amount of depth uh, so that it would be accessible to anyone but still strategic Uh, tapeworms breakneck funding is is undoubtedly impressive uh yeah then they just kind of talk about how uh board games are having this amazing like kind of renaissance over on kickstarter i mean they really are but yeah yeah you being a fan of both board games and edmund mcmillan are you excited (laughs) for tapeworm um not as much i mean i think it looks super cool um i don't know if i'm really gonna go for it i think that so the thing that that kind of hits hard with me is usually board games on here are much more expensive than games for uh kickstarters usually uh the starting for like a kickstarter game is 15 dollars. i think this one to actually get the base game is 35 which honestly isn't that much um but it's kind of a lot to just go into i think it might be something i get but i mean i might just wait and see it does look pretty cool though yeah, how you have to, like, seemingly you have to... I didn't actually look at the Kickstarter, but while looking at it, it seems like you just have to, like, match up uh, the colors of your tapeworms because they're, like, three different types mm-hmm. and colors. Yep, yep. So, like I it said, it seems very simple, but I imagine there's still a pretty, like, uh, a large amount of, like, depth to it, like they said, with these, like, energy cards and all sorts of other stuff like that. Like, it seems like you're working with your teammates and then also trying to bone them at the same time yeah yeah which is interesting i think it's i think it's really cool i like the way they're doing this i think that um kind of to the nature of how much money he's making like first off edmund edmund i can never say his name though edmund oh dude you're getting it too it's not i always have i always have a problem (laughs) with mr mcmillian um he has such a you know obviously a big following because of the fact that he did binding of isaac because he did you know super meat boy like there's a lot of people who like his work but also i think he's doing this in a really smart way from a marketing standpoint um i follow him on twitter and he is constantly like every day doing like a hey ask uh questions now like i'm answering as many questions as you want or he'll do like amas like randomly at times he'll do uh for naming the characters like these different worms he's like we're doing a poll and he's just doing like twitter polls and like specific things to get people like riled up while this is happening so that you know there's one people actually talking about it but two like he's pushing that into the game so people feel like they were a part of that creation of it 
in itself. Um, plus, my favorite thing about this is literally there's for some reason this thing going on where people are doing the worm. Like they keep posting videos and sending it to Edmund of them doing the worm and also at the same time having like dogs that are really excited and kind of like running around them and like screwing them up and like getting all in their face because that's what dogs do. They want to play. But it's like, <laughs> I don't like so many people are doing that and I keep seeing it all the time. And I'm like, why is this a thing? <laughs> Dude, how crazy is it, though, that he is constantly working on shit? Yeah. Like, he constantly has stuff coming out where, like, some indie devs will make one, two games for seemingly as long as they live. Like, Toby Fox, like, he he did some different mods and stuff uh, Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. to, like, bring over the Mother sequels and everything from Japan. And then he made Undertale, is currently working on Deltarune, but it's he said it's going to take a long time. And, like... He's like that's the typical it seems like indie route. Whereas Edmund McMillan, like he put out like you said Super Meat Boy. Then he did Binding of Isaac. He's got the Legend of Bumbo. He's had he had that Binding of Isaac card game. He now has this tapeworm thing. And like I imagine he's still probably like working on another game. I I would assume. Yeah, he is. Um, he's working on a couple of different ones. But I mean, there's a simple word that can easily clear that up and it's called delegation like, yeah that's that's the thing true. is Edmund has become such a you know a larger figure in the space of indie games that he just has a lot of people that he works with and oversees these projects um so like obviously a lot of this comes into play where he is you know the foundation of a lot of this but like if you think of the binding of isaac dlc that's coming out like the way that i've heard it is a lot of it really isn't from him as much as him doing some of the artwork and like you know uh, agreeing to things being put in the game but there's a lot of this new dlc that's going into the game that's actually from fan made created like uh like uh, workshop stuff that is just going into the game because they've approved it that's pretty cool also like how cool is it that edmund mcmillan is also like with his kind of weird style and everything he's kind of part of this like upper echelon of indie developers who are kind of like celebrities in a way like how like i said like toby fox like jonathan blow um people like that and edmund mcmillan like they're uh i i i'm not saying above other indie game developers at all but like you don't typically know them by name for the most part right like there are a couple that you'd know but those are like the the celebrities of the indie games world how cool is it that there (laughs) actually are those i find that so interesting yeah i mean it's little pockets of the world always have you know their their niche like these are the the main people that we talk about um and i think it makes sense just because of like like you said he's working on so many projects at once like it's hard not to know um one that you might have probably played something that he has touched at one point but also having such a easily definable characteristic of the the gross amount of stuff that he puts into his games makes it like oh i clearly know who made this yeah, the the one thing about him that I really want to know, and I don't know if this has been like on the record or anything, I'll have to look this up after, is why he's not like a part of Super Meat Boy Forever. Mm-hmm. I really want to know that. I don't know. I didn't even know that. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I think like Tommy's a part of it. His like the guy who did the coding for Super Meat Boy, mm-hmm. I think is a part of Super Meat Boy forever, but I don't think Edmund McMillan is. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how they don't seem like they have any other project that they've worked on since. So maybe it was just a parting of ways and he was like, you can have the license kind of a thing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I'll have to. Because it does. To, like, if I Google Super Meat Boy Forever, Google does say that designers is Edmund McMillan. So I don't know if that's just a fuck up on Google's part or. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and he is working on it. And and maybe Tommy's not working on it. Maybe it's the other way around. But I, I vaguely mm. remember one of them not working on Super Meat Boy Forever. Uh, no, I think it's a, a screw up on Google's part. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not 100% sure. But uh, let's actually, speaking of screw-ups, let's move to our last news story. This one I'm going to do really quickly because it's kind of just an update from last week. Uh, so last week we talked about how Indivisible was published on the Nintendo Switch without the developer's knowledge. Uh, 505 Games has now responded to that, but it's very vague and it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, versus like, like the developers lab zero they when they initially talked about it last week and we talked about it they were saying that like they didn't blame the porthouse they if any blame it fell on the publisher and then 505 games the publisher then says like this launch uh no that's that's different um they say that uh we had scheduled an early may release date but due to an unexpected unexpected series of events the game is now available in north america and europe the statement reads it's a happy accident that puts the game into your hands sooner than expected so do you think that this is them kind of like trying to just like i i don't know like brush it off like it didn't happen without (laughs) taking the blame uh i mean maybe i honestly i i don't even know because what if all of this was really just a a strange way for them to try and be like let's market this in uh uh, you know a, a way that generally you would never see just yeah to, it's like a guerrilla marketing campaign right like they just, got headlines because of this right exactly like well we don't have to market ourselves if everyone's like wow how did this come here with you know out of nowhere like it's a big deal kind of a thing like it it's a possible strategy to be honest but i really can't tell either way because it seems like everyone who's on the prod like a piece of this project everyone who has a hand in it is like not me (laughs) so i don't know yeah it's so weird i honestly like i i wouldn't be surprised if this was just a clever marketing technique because i don't know that's just that's a smart thing to do like outrage sells and i imagine people were super annoyed about this like this kind of a thing happening even though it happened to like an indie dev they're Mm -hmm. they're still pretty big studio so like i i wouldn't be surprised if it was a marketing ploy but it this situation is just so weird also that it's like i i just hate that they didn't really say anything they're like it's a happy accident the developer's like i mean i guess it's cool (laughs) like but the developer seemed annoyed about it because they said that like that release was not up to their standard like it's it's lacks features that the original release on other platforms didn't have or that have right so but then at the same token the other like their publisher was like no that's how it's supposed to be it's just so weird i don't get it i don't know it's uh it's a strange world we live in where games can just 
magically appear on the market shop. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but Big Josh Boy, we're all done with the news stories, so it's time to hop into some news cram, 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 cram. It's cram time. I love that you still haven't made any sort of like little like little snippet that you could just send me and I can edit in. You're just like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'll get to it eventually. I mean, you know, I gotta keep I gotta keep doing these weird ones so I could find one that really sticks, you know, and then I'll be like, that's the one we gotta do. Ah, okay. So you're like you're workshopping. Yeah, things. exactly. I need we need to do a Twitter poll of like top five best crams. <laughs> They're like, I don't fucking know. They're like, we don't fucking ever listen to that part. We skip right through that. That would be so awesome, though, if people actually listened to that. They were just like, oh, easily, like, episode, like, 20 or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we have a big enough fan base for that. I don't think we do, but that would be so dope if we did. Um News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram be full of all sorts of Indie Games news. This week, we don't have any quick news stories for you, but we do have some new deals and quick steals and a bunch of new stuff, so basically just like every other week. Uh, so... <laughs> Our first deal uh, for this week and our only deal uh, comes from a way of Polygon where it supported that non-linear puzzle game Death Coming uh, by Next Studios is free on the Epic Game Store until May 14th. So last week you had said that you have to set up two-factor authentication mm-hmm. and <clears throat> ooh, oh, okay. I had a frog in my throat there for a second. Mm, um, ribbit. Yeah, I've never understood that phrase, by the way. I find that so weird. No, a lot of people like, ate frog back actually, in the day. I was going to say that. Like, did somebody eat a frog on accident or some shit? It happens. Stuff's weird. Stuff's weird. (laughs) Um, But um, I saw that same thing in an article. But, like, I don't know if I have two-factor authentication already on. But when I went to the Epic Games Store and I downloaded the the games, I didn't have anything like that. It's so So, funny that you keep – the exact same thing happened to me the other day when I downloaded one of the the recent ones and I was like, Oh, I don't remember setting up two factor authentication. Okay. So yeah, we're having these exact same experiences. (laughs) Yeah. That shit was so weird. I was just like, was I grandfathered in or did I set it up? Like, is it like verifying your email and they're just chill with it? I don't (laughs) close enough. It's so weird. Um, but I don't know. Even then, it's a small price to pay. It's not even really a it's, price to pay. There is no price. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Um, now on to some new stuff. Our first three items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that stylized racing game Inertial Drift by Level 91 Entertainment is headed to the Nintendo Switch on August 7th. That puzzle game Little Inferno by Tomorrow Corporation is getting a physical release through Super Rare Games with pre-orders going live on May 7th. That Oh, and that co-op puzzle game Human Fall Flat by No Break Games just got a free update that includes not only a few, or a new level but a new minor outfit as well if you're on consoles now over to polygon where it's reported that bloodstained ritual the night is getting a free update that gives players a new playable character and the randomizer mode for playstation 4 xbox one and pc on may 7th but sadly just more shitty news coming for the switch people of this game it has been delayed to sometime in late may or early june 
I really just want to know what the fuck is going on with this game in Switch. I don't understand it. <laughs> it just it's not work. like it's not like the like the PS3 where they used the cell processor and apparently it was hard to develop games for. I have heard nothing about it being hard to develop a game for the Nintendo Switch specifically. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck is happening? I don't know. I mean, they put The Witcher on the Switch. I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. I I truly don't. Like, every time that something happens with this game, the Switch port is like, nah. (laughs) Uh, It's always good to have a punching bag. Yeah, I mean, let alone the fact that, like, this randomizer mode is actually kind of just a backup because they dropped the original roguelike mode that they were planning. Yeah. Shit's so weird. Eh, you know, Kickstarters. What are you going to do? Honestly, I... (laughs) I don't understand how this game is still having problems. I don't get it. Like, how every time this game comes up in the news, it's a new problem. I'm surprised they haven't just been like, well, we tried, guys. <laughs> Wrap it up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they're like, watch, they're going to put out a sequel, and we're going to be like, what? what? Why? <laughs> they're going to put out a sequel, and they'll still be working on the first game's port. <laughs> <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. Eventually we get it running. I mean, that is cool, though, that they have the dedication to make this Switch port work. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah, so, we'll see. One day we'll get it. Kudos to them. <laughs> um, it really blows for the people who bought it on the Nintendo Switch, though. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that Cyberpunk Adventure Game Sense by Sazaku, maybe, I don't know, is coming to Steam sometime in June of 2020. That action-adventure game, Awry, the story of seasons by Exxon and uh, Fish Cactus, or Fishing Cactus, is headed to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch on July 28th. That adventure RPG, Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling by Moonsprout Games, is headed to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch this May. Uh, Now over on IGN. What were you going to say? I just said dope. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, Now from IGN, where it's reported that first-person horror game What Happened by Genius Slackers is coming to PC via Steam uh, in July with console ports coming at a later date. Uh, And to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that as of May 7th, Indivisible has just received a new paid piece of DLC that will give those who fork over 8 bucks 40 new challenges to test their metal in and... Uh, lastly, that co-op FPS Deep Rock Galactic by Ghost Ship Games is officially coming to Xbox One and Steam on May 13th. Now, I know you might be thinking, I'm thinking. that game's already on Steam. Yes, in early access. It is finally leaving early access. That's kind of the the other side of this story. Is it, It's no longer in early access. I don't Very know good. if you guys knew it, but I just like moved my arms so much. Like it was flailing. <laughs> Okay. They heard it. I'm sure they heard it. Yeah, in my voice. They're like, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. He's seen, he, I see it. Uh, so, Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories that today, or right now, not really today. today. I mean, today, it is technically. Today. <laughs> the today we're going to give back uh, in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh Boys hops me. into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome games to talk about, and we do just so. Now, this game's backing has gone up twice since I've looked at it for Ooh, like in the buddy. past five seconds. So, dude. They're they're cooking with peanut oil now. They're in that mm-hmm. home stretch with thirty days left to go. Um, oh my God, 
It's a third time. It just happened again. I need to stop looking at it because it's distracting. Okay, <laughs> this game is over on Kickstarter. It's called Black Book, an RPG rooted in Slavic mythology. Uh, dive into this narrative-driven RPG adventure with a card-based combat and explore a world where reality neighbors myth. Now, Big Josh Boy, did you choose this because it has cards? Clearly. I mean, that's that's <laughs> what I, I, I look through them, and I'm like... Uh, does this have cards? No. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. And then I just find the the first one with cards, and I go, "That's the one." That's how I, I pick do these love games. The I I love that last week you found a game for me, and then this week you found a game for you. That's true. Like you're I mean, you're like taking turns. Yeah, every week you try to find one for each of us. I can't give you a game every week. Sometimes I got to be a little selfish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, they are currently shooting for $35,000 uh, as of this time of recording, which it just keeps going up. So it's definitely going to change by the time you're listening to this. At least hopefully it will. Uh, they have $14,606 with 548 backers and 30 days left to go. If you'd like to get in on the ground floor of this game, uh, technically you could, of course, give like $5 and you'd get uh, the HD wallpaper, email updates, and you'd get access to the backer discord. Or if you actually want the game, you could pay $25. You get all of those things. Uh, plus you get a copy of the game and your name in the credits. So big Josh boy, what do you think about black book? So first off, uh, the art style is very interesting. Um, I really like the way it's kind of like, this is very, very similar to like West of Dead that it has that very gritty look, the very dark, you know, atmosphere. This is based on things with demons, but I really like this style. It reminds me a lot of, uh, which is totally opposite theme, but, uh, Untitled Goose Game, the like animated, but there's no real hard lines around characters and it kind of looks like almost painting-esque even though you know it's animation um the you know theme aside from it of just being very deeply rooted in slavic mythology i i think one is is super cool but i just love this darker theme and the way this plays they uh, they compare this game in here. They say the gameplay is inspired by the likes of Slay the Spire and SteamWorld Quest, which both are games I love. While the setting of Slavic mythology will be instantly familiar to fans of the Witcher series, which I think is really cool from like a story perspective. I like that if you watch the full trailer, they talk about how this is deeply rooted in a ton of different folklore and stories about, you know, uh, Russian just uh past or made up past i don't know what to really call mythology um other than mythology i was trying to think of a different word but i'm a dumb dumb <laughs> um so i i really like that just because it gives them a lot of leverage to be very you know obviously rooted in those type of stories but also unique at the same time because if it's demons and all this crazy shit like there's some good stuff and content that could come out of this um the, honestly for me, as a person who loves games like Slay the Spire and these card game specific genre, um, I wasn't as impressed with the gameplay. Um, it didn't look as, as you know, just, wow, this looks cool or this looks very clean right now. And, and granted, um, let me see, when is this? Uh, February 2021. So, like, they still have time that they're going to be working on this game. But, like, the combat style of it didn't seem as fleshed out. It seemed a little odd but i liked the fact that they were doing it 
uh, similar to what they they referenced with your SteamWorld Quest because you're comboing cards together to use attacks, which I think will make it unique in the playstyle as opposed to just picking a card and being like, this is my attack card or this is my whatever. You know, like you have to put them in a specific chain order to do certain things. So I like that there's a little bit of variability in that sense, but like I just didn't get enough from just the trailer. I kind of want to download the, they have like a prologue on here that you can play um, just to test that out. I just haven't had time. I'll probably do that later though, because I am interested in this. Um, but the the other side of it I thought was interesting was there's a piece where it says that your main character can actually try to like you're basically talking to these demons your main like role in this game is to uh help others who demons are are affecting and so you're you're talking with them and you're trying to you know make them essentially stop i would assume in certain ways uh and if you don't convince those demons you have to fight them so I, I think that element, and I don't know how big they're going to play into that, but having like, you know, the can you talk your way out of certain battles aspect is always very appealing to me. It's why in most games, like a Fallout game or, you know, heavily RPG games, I end up playing the charismatic character because I want to see if I can talk my way out of something or get away with certain things. Um, I don't know how much they're going to dive into that. I'd it doesn't seem like because they didn't show off too much but like if they're going to play into that i think that would be a a fun you know twist to that side of the game um but otherwise uh i definitely think it looks interesting the the one part about this art style that i like but kind of don't like at the same time is it it almost even though it looks very beautiful and very gritty and like i like it at the same time the way it's made almost seems like it's unpolished if that makes sense you know what's kind of weird and i don't know if you're gonna see this comparison but the character models for people uh like at least in this kind of remind me of a less polished like ooblets and it's a little weird Hmm. like they're they're rough shape like how they're like all round and their faces like if you look at the the one picture they have where they compare like mythology on here with a scene in the game Mm -hmm. if you look at the character it totally looks like a character from ooblets yeah and it's so weird yeah yeah, yeah. i gotcha yeah I, i mean there might be certain things that they tweak later into it that change you know how it ultimately looks but like i said even though i do enjoy it it does look in certain ways very unpolished and not you know um i don't know it's it's not a bad thing though it just it doesn't look exactly as well as i think it could for this type of game um that being said though there's a lot of interesting parts to it uh i think that it's definitely creepy in certain elements and i i like that they're trying to really go down that road um i want to play the actual demo to see and like give a better opinion but honestly this is one that if any of that sound appealing or you like card games or you like slavic mythology it'll probably be something you want to check out i mean 25 dollars is like i said you know uh, earlier is above that normal 15 dollar tier but i still think that it could be worth it it does look like it has a good amount of content they say it's like seven chapters of the game i don't know how long a chapter is but that sounds like you know a good portion of time uh especially since it feels very open worldy at least in these uh these cut play cut scenes of games uh, the actual gameplay trailer um but yeah, I don't know. It, it looks interesting to me anyway. 
Yeah, I think it looks pretty cool too. I like uh something that I like a lot about it is actually that kind of like uh, these like monstrous creatures that it has and like I I don't know why but I love the this kind of like comparison that you see between your small human like seeming so insignificant to care creatures like these gigantic fish and seemingly yeah. like a devil and a giant I love that and I love seeing these like gigantic colossi for the most part. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that they're seeming to do that. And the things I've seen for this game so far. Um, so I really like the art style with the exception of the people models. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, like I get that. I, I, I'm not saying I like, I compared it to Ooblets. I'm not saying I don't like Ooblets. I'm saying, I that think that's a different, like Ooblets art style kind of fits the Ooblets theme. I, yeah. I don't think it as much fits this though. Yeah, that's that's a good way to say it. Um, I can't really speak to the combat that much because the only card game I've really played is Slay the Spire. Mm -hmm. And even then, like, I didn't put a massive amount of time into it. But something I can speak to is, like, I, I love, like, last week we were talking about uh, games that explore different mythology right. and kind of like broaden your horizons to different cultures that you might not have known about beforehand. Yep. Um, and I think it's awesome that literally the next week our God Bless the Crowd pick is about that. Like kind of expanding on this like uh, deep kind of Russian mythology that we might know nothing about. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm honestly excited to see a little bit more about that. And I love the, like you said, that this is about like a sorceress who, when you typically think of a sorceress, you think of somebody who like does awesome magic and everything. But then like in, in this, she's a different kind of sorceress who is all about like managing these problems with demons. Mm -hmm. And like, like you said, there is that just conversation component to it. So, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game other than those few things, but I do think it looks like really cool. And I actually might check out the little demo that they have. Cause I'm going to be honest. I think I wishlisted this on steam a while ago, hmm. um, because I thought it looked actually kind of cool. <laughs> so, um, the one thing I find <laughs> that that's kind of interesting is like in the trailer, it's like, um, you're essentially trying to find a way to bring your loved one back to life because you quit magic to be with him, but then he dies of mysterious circumstances. But then they show this thing that kind of looks like if it is your loved one, it's like being hung. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And I'm like, that's not really mysterious oh, circumstances. That absolutely died. seems like he was murdered. <laughs> yeah, that shit's weird. I... I don't, know. I don't know about that part, but uh, this game looks really cool. I actually like, I might check out the prologue because, and I might buy it when it actually comes out on steam. Cause it seems interesting. It just depends on like, I'm going to ask you about the combat when it comes out because right. you play card games. I don't, I don't know how it would stack up to something like slay the spire, but I am excited to, to see how it does. So uh, any last uh, bits you want to touch on before we move on to random questions no i think we covered it okay okay awesome uh so let's move on to our random questions uh this week we've in a sense actually got four written in by two different people which is very nice thanks everyone for writing in um th th yeah thank you guys so much uh we've got okay 
So two from the Classic Gaming Podcast, which we've been on twice. Those guys are awesome. Rob and Jay are really cool, and I would absolutely check out their podcast. They are, of course, part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. I just realized that both of our people yep. that we have questions in today are part of that network. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a click. We're all in it. Hey, I'm cool with that. I love these guys. They're great. I loved being on their podcast, especially Chris Penwell. He's he's my boy, dude. I love that kid. <laughs> so uh, first, we're going to start off the classic gaming podcast. Um, they ask two different questions, one being, what are your favorite beat-em-ups, and do you still enjoy playing that genre today? Big Josh boy. So my favorite beat-em-up would have to be either the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, or uh, Golden Axe. Um, I I think I'm probably going to lean to just Turtles, because I used to really like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid, and I just have a lot of fond memories of playing this in the arcades back when I was a kid. Um, but as far as like a genre, I like it, it is obviously very timely of a question because of streets of rage 4 coming out honestly i don't really care too much about the beat-em-up genre i think it's fun especially when you have like a lot of people and you can kind of get around and just you know get together and play but it's like i mentioned earlier in the podcast not something i would generally do from a single player point of view and there's not a lot of games where i can just go in and and do that beat-em-up with people online i guess um, I guess I could with Streets of Rage, so maybe I could change that. But it's not something that I'm actively being like, oh, I really want to play this game. I think it's just, it's a genre that I did have fun back when I was a kid, but it's something I kind of grew out of. Yeah, I've I've never really actually played beat-em-ups all that much. The The one that I can say I've played, which isn't even a beat-em-up, is just the beat-em-up sections of Crossing Souls. Mm. And, like, they're... They happen quite often in the game, but it's not the main component of the game. I do have uh, where the passive fist, and I really want to try it out because it's not like your typical beat em up. Mm-hmm, Instead, mm-hmm. you try to deflect blows, and then uh, your opponent runs out of energy, and you try to do one decisive blow to to stop them. Hmm. Um, I think that looks really cool, and I want to actually play the way of the pacifist, but. Like, other than that, I don't play beat-em-ups all that often. Um, they're, they're just not my style of game. I, I don't like the whole, uh, in a sense, like, lanes in beat-em-ups. And, right. like, the, how the screen affects depth and you don't know necessarily if you're on the right lane to actually hit someone. I don't like that that much. <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, I don't I don't play them that much. I guess you did ask, do you still enjoy playing them? I don't know if I've ever really enjoyed playing them, hmm. but I don't think I've given them that much time to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They're I mean, they are fun when you have like a big group of people playing and like, oh, you know what I really liked? Actually, there was a beat 'em up um what was it? Scott Pilgrim? Uh Oh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That uh which I I really wish that I still had that, but it was back when I played on my Xbox 360 and that is gone and so is the digital game of that. Um, but I really liked that beat em up. It was pretty hard too, but it was really good. Oh, and then I guess, actually, you know what? Is Castle Crashers considered a beat em up? It kind of is, because that's definitely like, that's a great game. I was actually, now that you bring that up, is Castle Crashers a beat em up? 
because it's like it's vaguely in that same vein but uh you brought up like scott pilgrim versus the world that is a massively popular one and i would actually really love to play it it and i love that like every year limited run games tweets out they're like just to get this out of the way right now no we will not be doing a physical version of scott pilgrim versus (laughs) the world this year damn i would even probably get that physical just so i could actually have the game i really enjoy that that game that would be an awesome physical copy to get. I honestly, I don't know what platforms that game is on. I think it's pretty much like exiled to the like 360, yeah. if I remember correctly. Maybe. I don't I don't know. And it's it's impossible to find out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> just, don't have amazing search engines just no at our way. fingertips. Nope, never, never a thing. <laughs> um they also wrote in and said what indie games have you been wanting to play the longest but still haven't gotten around to hmm that's a good question um i probably should have seen this question beforehand <laughs> so i could have <laughs> thought about it why don't you go first and i'll think um of course my like big one actually i've got a few big ones that i really really want to get to especially because they're staples of the indie game space but i mean at least uh, definitely one of them is the other one i don't really know but um i'm kind of like i'm kind of saving them for a project that i want to do on indie pod so i'm like keeping myself from actually playing them so that we could do that um but one of them is of course undertale i still haven't played Undertale. that was actually probably going to be mine even though i have technically played it i only played like the first like two hours and then dropped it and i keep going like i keep looking at it because it's in my steam like uh games list and i keep going i should really give that another try and actually play through it but i just it's one of those things that keeps getting pushed back dude yeah that's what makes this even worse is that i own both of the games i'm gonna say i can play them i'm just like i'm honestly at this point i've thought about playing undertale but i'm pushing it off for something i want to do like i'm like uh there's something very specific i want to do for indiepod once we like uh nearing the end of this year or at least start doing for indiepod nearing the end of this year and i want to wait until then to play it Mm -hmm. and it's honestly annoying me at this point that I haven't and haven't played it, <laughs> especially because like Eldar Basic, my friend and uh, like host of Eldar Talks Games Industry, I'm his co-host on there. Like he just recently played Undertale and fucking loved it, and he's constantly raving raving about it. And I like he's making me want to play it because he's like one of those people that have said like it changed the way he like looks at things and he constantly thinks about it and it makes me want to play that so badly but i'm like i can't right now i can't (laughs) gotta be patient yeah um and the other one is cross code oh that's so good (laughs) yeah and i own it um i really want to play it it's just like that one is actually kind of like finding the time to sink my teeth into such a large game it's it's like i'm such a big yeah exactly it's really long and i played a little bit of it it's similar to like your thing with undertale you've played like two hours i played like two hours of cross code like way back when and i talked about it on the podcast but like since then i have not played anymore the game is kind of my jam being a fan of east kai's but and specifically the like subgenre of people getting stuck in mmos mm-hmm. this should be my thing but for some reason i just i haven't 
Like I, it's it's a big game, and that that might also be something that I will eventually play because of that project I was talking about. But like, I don't know why. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. I, damn, you gotta play it. It's so good. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. Like, when it first came out, like, Jason Schreier was ranting and raving about it on every podcast he went on. Yeah. For, like, a year. He was just like, play fucking CrossCode. Like, it's on PC, but fucking get PC. Like, you have a laptop, play it on there. (laughs) And then it finally came to consoles, which even, like, when I had, when it came to, uh, wait, did it come to consoles? Did it come to the Switch? I feel like Uh, that's what I was waiting for. There was a whole big thing about it, I remember, where... They had a trailer I, and a Nindies thing, but I don't remember if it actually officially. Came I don't out. think it did. I think that's what I was um, waiting for was to get it on Nintendo Switch, and then I ended up just buying it on PC for super cheap. Uh, yeah, because I know it's been confirmed, but yeah, it's still TBD on the actual release date. That's what I thought. Okay, so it didn't even come to consoles. Like I, I have had it on PC for a couple of months, and I just, I haven't. I just haven't played it. Everybody says it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think it has... It's it's on... Isn't it on PS4, though? Maybe not. Maybe it is. Maybe. I honestly don't know. I don't remember. It's fine. It's There's no way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. Um, let's move on to Chris Penwell's questions. Uh, he writes in and says, One... I mean, this is obviously for me, but... <laughs> I, I'll take um, care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> He says, uh, if you can get an indie to develop a My Hero Academia game, who would it be? So, Big Joshua, who would it be? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with House House. Really? House House of all people? Yeah, I, Untitled Goose Game. It like it, it think, made such a big impact that you're like, My Hero Academia. I think, I think they could take a nice pacifist approach to My Hero Academia, and uh, they, they could make it work. You know, I'm sure the fans would love it. I don't know if that would work. (laughs) Um, For me, actually, um, and this is like in a way a cop-out answer, but it's not. I would actually really like um, Long Hat House, the developers of Dandara, to Mm -hmm. actually make um, a My Hero Academia game, mostly because Deku, like, once he develops his shoot style later in the anime, he's very agile, and he's all about, like, jumping from side to side, and Dundara has a very similar gameplay mechanic, where it's all about moving at, like, diagonal angles and jumping in diagonals, and I think that would be, like, that would lend perfectly to a My Hero Academia game, plus, Dundara is a Metroidvania. I believe that my Hero Academia would also be a great Metroidvania, especially because of like Deku's story and for sure. I mean, it doesn't even have to. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be Deku's story. It could be an entirely new protagonist. But this developer's kind of shown that they understand like uh, unique traversal in a way. So I, I honestly think that they would do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um. But Big Joshua, he has a question that's also specifically for you, which I love that he wrote in questions that were obviously specifically for each one of us. Yeah. Um, well, he knew I he wasn't going to answer the My Hero Academia one. That's a good thing. Dude, you got to watch it. Okay? I'm not going to. Like, your best bud here has a My Hero Academia podcast. You could you could watch it episode by episode and listen to my My Hero Academia podcast. Mm, that is enticing, but no. Man so rude i love you baby but not enough to watch that anime (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, he also writes in, it says, and Josh, what do you think is the worst thing Vaughn has said on the show? And he specifically says on the show. So it's not anything oh, that was oh, not on the that's record. That's true. That's true. I can't. <laughs> well, man, it's good that they can't hear that part. Cause this guy off the air is a jerk. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, originally we talked about this and I was going to go the weird way of like some of the fucked up stuff that you've said before. And it's not really that <laughs> fucked up. It's just like a lot of people wouldn't, uh, you know, actually give away certain information about themselves the way you kind of <laughs> don't have that, uh, that mental blocker. <laughs> um, but instead, and I, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I, I, it just came to me. Probably the worst thing you've ever said is that Hawaiian pizza is not delicious. No way. I honestly thought you were going to say the big Josh boy thing. I've thought for the longest time, like while we started this podcast, I was like, I would honestly be surprised if he doesn't remember the fact that he fucking hates that. I do. Or like did. I mean, I, it's, it's become a part of my identity now. It's like, it's one of those things where you, you hate something, but you, uh, it's okay. Great example is beer. I fucking hated beer when I first drank it. It was disgusting. I was like, why would anyone drink this? It's so gross. And then you keep drinking it. And now I love it. I It's grown on it's, you. You're like, I guess it's just part of me. This is part of me now. And that's exactly me and the big Josh boy. It's something that like I still, still deep down will never truly, truly love. But it's just, it's who I am now. I love that it's like it's this plague that you can't be rid of. So you're just like now you've got like Stockholm just, syndrome where you're like, maybe I kind of like I it. I got to roll with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm introduced every every week with Big Josh Boy. So it's just who I am now. I would love for this podcast to get so big that everyone just calls you Big Josh. Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I think I mean that's I think the 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 like the part where I'm not as like oh I don't like it just because like you know my actual group of friends that are outside of this realm no one would know or like care to call me that I mean they might but like it would be a joke and kind of weird that would come up as a coincidence and like if my wife ever said it oh I would just not I would not be into it <laughs> I honestly I like I wish that your wife would say it so badly, but I know she wouldn't work with me because the one time I've had an interaction with her, with you being our proxy, she totally dunked on me. Oh yeah, so it was great. I forget what it was, probably, but she she destroyed you. Yeah, she. Uh, it was something along the lines of, "I told you you should move to Idaho," and you're like, "Hey babe, should we move to Idaho?" And she was like, "Why the fuck would we do that?" <laughs> I mean, she raises a good point. <laughs> uh but back to your original point um pineapple is disgusting on pizza y'all are a bunch of maniacs i love it okay i love it <sighs> i just so i don't get it it makes it sweet like that just ruins the pizza nah nah i mean you can't even eat too much cheese i don't want to hear anything from you okay it's not that i can't you're eat puking too much on cheese, cheese. it's you... that when i think about it too much I get in my head. Yeah, you're right. That's about much better. It. That's clearly and much better. Then it makes me want to throw up. You're a fool. Also, last week I think we talked about how neurotic I am, and then I did something today that I was like, 
I can't believe that this doesn't like I can't remember and this happened more often mm-hmm. is that I checked to make sure that I closed the refrigerator like six times oh, after I do <laughs> I do that after with, I um, open it with with locking so for my car it's like really old piece of junk um, but with my wife's car it's a more new model it actually has one of the like uh, automatic door lockers like the bleep bleep things. I press. Oh, so were you that guy in the parking lot who's like, bleep, 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 I press bleep, it bleep, so bleep, many bleep. times. It's like, it is a weird nervous tick where I'm like, it's got to be pressed and then I'll do it. I know I did it. I'll walk like a couple feet away. It'll be like, maybe I should do it one more time. Like just in case, maybe it didn't get the back maybe, seat, you, know, you know, we gotta, gotta keep it going. Now it's super locked. I actually do that kind of like same thing. Cause you know how like some of them you can click it twice and technically it locks the doors, but it doesn't make the sound. Mm-hmm. I will just like click it until I hear the sound. And even then I'm just like, mm. like I'll just get one more for good. Gotta hear it again. Like, <laughs> just to make sure. Cause it, like it pisses my fiance off because I'll do it. And hers is so loud. <laughs> and we live like in our apartment complex as we're entering our apartment. It's kind of like a little bit of like, not like an atrium, but it has kind of an echo. Right. So it just makes it so much worse. <laughs> it's so much louder. That's great. And it pisses her off beyond belief. It's hilarious. Honestly. That is superb. I love that Chris was probably looking for just like some weird. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to tell you something real quick. Ooh, um, here we go. Now that I'm thinking of the worst things I've ever said, I thought about saying this at the beginning of the episode, but I feel like saving it for the end is just that like perfect, like, uh, you know, cherry on top. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the other day. Okay. Um, okay. So my fiance has been trying to put a finger in my butt for a long oh, time. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. So, <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> She's been trying to, like to poke the poop hole. Okay. And like the other day I was in the shower and I was like, you know what? Let's just like, let's see what's up. So I like popped a, popped a finger in there and I was like, this isn't half bad. I don't know if I would hate this. And then I made the mistake, the serious mistake. Probably the worst thing I've ever done is actually telling my fiance that I did that. Because immediately afterwards, immediately, I had told her that I might be open to the idea. Immediately afterwards, she tried it. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Can't just go straight into it. You got to be in the mood. What are you, crazy? Yeah. This is like wading into a pool. You dip a toe in. You see what's up. Like, I dipped a toe in. And then you slowly go in. You don't just, like, try to shove your thumb up my butt. Come on, dude. Damn. What's up? What a monster. Yeah, I know. But I felt like I just needed to end the podcast with that. I actually, like, I saved this. This wow. happened last week, but I saved it to talk to you about it, Big Josh Boy. That's, that's super nice. I'm glad to be a part of your disgusting life. <laughs> that's how much I love you, is oh. that I can tell you about this stuff. <laughs> and the rest of the world. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like, it's nice because there's, like... The finger up the butt or talking about no. it? No. No, talking about the like deep, really weird stuff about yourself, because if you're just honest about it, then no one can really make fun of you for it. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you like hentai. And it'd be like, yeah, it's awesome. Why are you lying and saying you don't? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, uh, you're full, foolproof, foolproof. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If I that's... don't know. <laughs> we'll go with it. Uh, but. 
that's the end of this podcast. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you liked the show, you can chat with us outside of it. Uh, you can follow the podcast itself on Twitter at IndiePod. I try to retweet, like, all sorts of indie games news. I uh, We put out the, like, question tweet on there. We, of course, like, uh, remind you about the show, so make sure you, like, follow us there to get that reminder just in case you don't remember that it comes up each and every Friday, which, I mean, at this point in time, it should be part of your routine, but, like, maybe you... <laughs> maybe you fell out of it because of the coronavirus which i understand like i'll give you that but like once once you go back to work you better be back on it you better be listening to andy pod every week we'll be here okay yeah yeah each and every friday we're we're waiting until the day i die (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh man all right then (laughs) Um, I like put in a stipulation of my will that you have to continue and you're like, God fuck <laughs> this motherfucker. How am I going to find another, <laughs> another host? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to find somebody like, see, here's the thing that happens with when they try to replace hosts is that they try to find somebody to do the same thing. Nah, it's gotta be like, somebody nah, totally do... different. We gotta get like yeah. a, a real nice, like very conserved or not conserved, reserved, uh, individual who doesn't want to make anything. And then I have to hype it up and be the, uh, the agitator. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm glad you're kind of setting this out for when I eventually die for <laughs> what is probably like, I don't know. My fiance murdering me is probably the most likely thing because oh, I fuck with her a lot. Yeah. But like my salt intake is also really bad. So a heart attack is pretty likely as well. Maybe a brain aneurysm. I don't know. There's a lot of things. Okay? <sighs> yep. Uh, there will be a poll online today, uh, you know, uh, asking how you think Vaughn will die. It's like as somebody misunderstands and they're just like, you want to die and this is like, this is how you want to die. They're like, uh, no, like you, you want me to assassinate you? That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. And it's like heart attack. And they're like, I, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. They try to do the defibrillator thing. Like they get you try to get your heart to stop. I don't know if that's the same as a heart attack, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Never had one. Never had a heart. Didn't get a medical degree i don't even have a degree so damn well that's okay you don't need one (laughs) but uh you can follow me von hyde on twitter at hyde legion you can follow josh on twitter at the underscore george 90 we of course tweet about all sorts of stuff um josh is there anything you want to promote any like uh you did that interview with the people behind enchanted portals have you done anything else you want to pimp out no i haven't unfortunately i've been super busy with work lately i gotta get uh more on the grind about that it's one of the i don't really know where to start kind of a thing you know it's it's like i need to need to find ways to get back into it i kind of want to do more interviews and things i I really want to get more people on this podcast and like actual game devs but i'm just not really too sure what outlets to go about it um long story short no i don't have anything to promote but if you're uh, an indie game dev or someone who just wants to talk indie games with us uh hit us up awesome awesome uh for me I've got other podcasts. Uh, by the time that this goes up, the first episode of the Thick of It podcast should be out. That's the media review podcast I'm doing with my friends. The first season is about Mark Wahlberg movies, which is honestly the bane of my fucking existence. Because that guy cannot act <laughs> to save his fucking life. It's a good start. Um, yeah, it's super fun i don't think i'll want to watch another thing with mark Wahlberg in it for the rest of my fucking life okay (laughs) 
It's ridiculous. Uh, but then you can also follow my other weekly podcast, which is uh, Go Beyond a My Hero Academia podcast. We post every Wednesday. You can follow that on Twitter uh, at Go Beyond Pod, and you can follow the thick of it at Thick Pod. That's T H I C C Pod on Twitter, or it might be Thick Podcast. It's one of the two. I think it might be Thick Podcast actually. Because the actual podcast called The Thick Podcast took Thick Pod. And I was like, that's weird that you chose that (laughs) instead of Thick Podcast. Seems like that would make more sense. Uh, But, yeah, those are both weekly shows. You can also uh, check out my stuff that I do with Eldar Basic, uh, with Eldar Talks Games Industry. Um, We should be recording an episode, I think, within the next like two weeks uh about souls like games and the community around them so yeah got a lot of podcasts that i'm currently hosting and stuff like that so check those out um i don't have anything else to pimp out so that's it for this episode thanks everyone so much for watching and we will see you all next week bye fam Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 